Welcome to United Talk, episode one. I'm Jackson Popkin. I'm Kyle Soto. And we are here at Studio Not Found on the fourth floor of the UGA Journalism Building on a Wednesday morning. Um, we'll get into some housekeeping real quick. Um, first and foremost, our intro episode as a special on Five Stripe Final dropped last week, so be sure to go check that out as we uh, get into this season with this brand new podcast. Yep, um, and if, if you listen to that to that episode, you probably heard us say that we're going to try to get interviews um, with different guests around the network, but this week we weren't really able to do that, um, just, you know, different circumstances. So in the future, hopefully we'll be able to get some different interview guests uh, for, you know, the different teams that we're going to be previewing, but this week it just didn't really work out. And you, if you're listening to this episode, you probably already heard Five Stripe Finals, a season preview special. It's like a two-hour-long episode, but... Definitely worth your time. It does a good job of just breaking down all the um, incoming transfers, um, outgoing transfers, just all the big storylines. So definitely check that out. Um, it'll be like that's definitely a more in-depth preview than what we'll be doing here today. So just keep your eye out for that. Um, anything else for housekeeping? That seems to be about it. Uh, we'll get into our uh, little bit of preseason recap. Um, Kyle, you were at the kit launch uh, last weekend. Uh, how was that? Yeah, so the kit launch, it was it was actually a lot of fun. They had, like, this this wall. It's kind of hard to describe, but it's, like, kicking, like, a soccer ball into, like, this giant dart. Oh, soccer darts? Soccer Dude, darts, yeah, soccer, soccer darts. darts the, so. the giant inflatable target. Yeah, yeah, so they so had that fun. going on. Um, they had, like, different food trucks and different stands for different things. Um, the actual, like, kit launch itself, it was pretty cool. Jillian Sakovitz came out. There was, like, a, um, you know, video with like, a hype video that Atlanta – uh, tends to do. Uh, Miles Robinson and Luis Araujo were there. It was pretty fun. Um, it was interesting because I went to the kit launch last year um, for 2021, and it was just like a completely different vibe. Like yeah, that, that was one, the parking lot. Yeah, yeah, after, yeah. It was still like it was still when you know everyone was still kind of social distancing. Um, but this one had a completely different vibe to it. So it was kind of cool to see how far along we've come. Um, for the kit itself, I'm a fan of it. Um, I actually said on Twitter that. I thought it was one of the better kits this season, and I got I got some hate for it. So, <laughs> what are like what are your thoughts on yeah, the kit? Yeah, it's a it's a touchy subject for a lot of people. Um, I I enjoy it. I don't know how much the uh, forest vibe gives off to me. It looks very geometric, very like almost like diamond cut. If they would have gone like some sort of like diamond like icy type vibe with it instead of like forest, I maybe would have understood it more. But um, definitely like the color, liking it more than the king kit. Um, I like the contrast with the numbers. I'm glad I'll be able to actually see what numbers pl people are when they're on the field. Um, but yeah, other than that, in terms of away kits, I really like the concrete and strawberry. Not to turn this into a whole that's a hot kit take. Podcast. Yeah, that's a hot that take. That one's solid. Maybe it's just first year nostalgia. Um, I like that one. King Peach is also solid, but this one, it's it's a different vibe. It kind of green is not a color I would have ever seen Atlanta United go for on a kit but yeah and it's funny um at the kit launch Miles Robinson actually said when he was on stage like he thought this kit was a lot better than all the previous kits and everyone started mm. laughing and <laughs> he just he just he just said it like he just put it out there so that was interesting but um yeah anything else from the kit or the kit launch you want to talk about yeah excited to see him in person um first home game at Colorado in a few weeks so I guess that's when they'll make their debut um, we can move on to some more match-related stuff. Uh, the preseason games. Um, 
kicked off right here in Athens, uh, playing Georgia Revolution. Um, Kyle, you attended that as well. Uh, that was a 4-0 victory for Atlanta United. Um, things got started really early. Uh, goals coming on right off the bat. Luis Aruju showing through. Um, yeah, any major takeaways from your experience at the Turner Soccer Complex? Yeah, um, well, for from a personal standpoint, it was just interesting that there was an Atlanta United game there because I cover the UGA women's soccer team um, for the red and black there sometimes. So it was just really cool to see, you know, Atlanta United fans come out to Athens and just kind of pack that small stadium. I think it's only around like 2,000 capacity. So that was pretty cool. Um, from the game itself, like I just remember thinking Luis Araujo, like he's such a beast. Um, he was like even in a preseason game, you know, that early in the preseason, he was still, you know, doing the defensive work, pressing up, um, and he's, he supplied an assist. I'm pretty sure he got a goal, too. Can't really remember. Yeah. Kind of far back. But, far yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, o- overall fun day. Um, obviously, the team was still, you know, building fitness. They had two different groups going out for each half. But, um, yeah, just you know, yeah, not and much like respect else. To, respect to Georgia Revolution uh, coming out many months before their season against their summer team in the NPSL. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just putting a squad together to come out and put out a performance like that against Atlanta. They they had a few moments uh, in the match where they looked like they could score on a counterattack, and that really would have been a real feel-good story. Um, but ultimately, yeah, fun day in Athens for sure. Um, and then from there, uh, Atlanta United turned their attention to Mexico playing two friendlies there um, against Chivas and another name that I'm going to butcher, Tepatitlan. Um, I think it's Tepatitlan. Tepatitlan. Yeah. I think. Pro- I probably yeah, don't, don't quote that me, as well. Don't quote <laughs> me. Um, so, yeah, the first friendly with Chivas, uh, um, it looked like they brought out, Atlanta, at least for Atlanta, a full, like, starting first-team roster. Um, but... Takeaways from that game, kind of limited. Two red cards, um, really not a full uh, you know, match to draw from. Uh, but a 3-0 defeat, um, some really, like, sweaty goals <laughs> from Shivas. But um, after that, friendly with Tepatitlan, um, Atlanta United's lineup was a bit more of a B team, uh, get some backups sometimes, see what they can do. Um, also a 3-0 defeat, though, um, in a not even a full game, two 40-minute halves. Um, and, yeah, from there, coming back to Atlanta for last weekend against Birmingham. Um, so, yeah, let's get into Birmingham takeaways. What impressed, what didn't for you? Um <laughs> Well, there was a lot that didn't impress with me, to be honest, especially <laughs> in that first, um, I, I'd say around like 40, 45 minutes. Most, just the majority of the first half just wasn't really that great. Yeah, it just looked like Atlanta came out kind of slow, like they weren't really creating anything in attack. The first goal, an own goal, um, came what a from... Banger. What a banger. Yeah, it was a banger. Goal. It was a banger. Actually, when they scored, like I, I was like writing something down and I looked up and I just see the ball rolling <laughs> into the back of the net. I'm like, what happened here? But um, looking at the replay, um, you know, Luis Araujo doing what he does, just pressing up high up high in the field, um, creating that turnover and creating that own goal. Then Joseph comes through in the 41st minute. I'd say that's probably when Atlanta kind of, like, they kind of started to turn it around. And then, um, yeah, like, ha- you know, in the halftime locker room, Gonzalo Pineda yeah. obviously changed some things because 
Atlanta came flying. They came out flying in the second half with two goals in the you know first yeah, five like minutes five of that minutes second in, half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ronald Hernandez got on the score sheet. Then Joseph got his second goal in the 50th minute. And Amar Sadich actually played a pretty important role. Um, he did. He had some great uh, little – he had an assist on the – was it the Hernandez goal? I think – Chip well, into the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He did. Um, he also assisted Joseph's third goal – or his second goal, rather. Yeah. Um, so great performance from him. Obviously, it's a preseason friendly, but, you know, just got to go out there and perform. And from his perspective, you know – there's a lot of players in front of him, and right. we'll get into this in a little bit. But there's a, you know, there's a, obviously a couple of players who are doing different things, like you know, recovering from injury, um, visa issues, um, green card stuff. So, you know, it's next man up, and it's just kind of reassuring to know that Amar Sadich, uh, if he needs to do a job, hopefully he'll be able to do it in the regular season as well. Um, but overall, um, not a bad day from Atlanta. Just, you know, hopefully they won't come out as slowly as they did. In that first half, um, any thoughts from you? Yeah, the halftime change from Pineda. What's the um, Space Jam, uh, Michael's secret stuff, or whatever the drink, um, or it's just water? Pineda's secret stuff really did some <laughs> did something to those team because they came out completely different that second half. For yeah. me, what really impressed was the uh, homegrowns, um, specifically um, Caleb Wiley. I thought he did a fantastic job getting subbed on, immediate impact, pressing. Um, there was at one point he nearly assisted uh, a goal at one end of the field, and then like minutes later was like sprinting back at the opposite touchline to make a tackle. Um, so I thought his performance was really good. I thought Tyler Wolf did well as also um, being put in the starting lineup like that and just really holding his own, um, looking like he like was supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, just surrounded by these other players like Luis Araujo, Joseph Martinez, um, George Campbell as well. He's really held down that center back position next to Miles Robinson, I think, um, and which is good for competition with um, Alan Franco. Um, I think that'll be a position battle we can look forward to having uh, this upcoming season. Yeah, one thing I'll just say on Caleb Wiley, I was really impressed by like his physicality. Like he was out there bodying dudes, and that's not easy for a seventeen-year-old. So impressive from him like you said um yeah and you know just a few other players that were missing from that Birmingham friendly so Alan Franco Jackson Conway Mikey Ambrose I believe they all played a friendly with Atlanta United 2 the night before and obviously Alan Franco we'll get into this in a little bit but Alan Franco won't be available for this first game against SKC um, because he got a red card against NYCFC in that um in that playoff game at the end of 2021 so, you know, obviously Campbell's sl- slotting in there. And I honestly forget sometimes, like, he's a homegrown. Like, he, he steps in and he, he does the job. So it's good to have depth there, especially after, you know, losing Anton Walks to Charlotte FC in the expansion draft. Um, but, yeah, any, anything else from Birmingham you want to talk about? Um, just one final point. I like the, the physicality that Wiley brought, like you mentioned. I think that the physicality that Birmingham brought um, really disrupted Atlanta United's play and really struggled to adapt to that. So players like Wiley um, coming in and really making their mark in the game uh, really helped Atlanta United get back on the front foot in that. Um, so if we can adapt to that, Atlanta United can adapt to that um, in the, before the season starts or just early on in the season, then that'll be big for uh, the overall performance and how we do this year. All right, so 
obviously the first game of the MLS season for Atlanta United is coming up. It's going to be was it February February 27th at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Kickoff is scheduled for 3 p.m. Um, but Atlanta's going into this without their full-strength squad. Um, there's a few players who are dealing with different things. Um, we can just go through it real quickly. So Marcelino Moreno, he reportedly picked up an injury uh, near the beginning of the preseason camp, and initially it was just described as a knock, but we haven't seen him at all in preseason. Um, so that's that's kind of a big loss for Atlanta United. Then you got Franco Ibarra and Santiago Sosa. So Ibarra, he's been he's been featuring, he's mostly been starting in these preseason games, um, but he's currently in Argentina working on green card, uh, acquiring a green card. Then you got Santiago Sosa, who had that sports hernia surgery. He's still recovering. We haven't seen him at all in preseason. Brooks Lennon, uh, he picked up a ankle injury with the USMNT a while back. But today, Doug Roberson is reporting from the Atlanta United training ground that he is back in training, so that's good news for Atlanta. Um, then you got Emerson Heinemann, who he had that torn ACL, I, th- I believe, back in June. It wasn't even during a game. It was during practice, so that's highly unfortunate very, for him. Very sad. Yeah, but he's been he's been working with the he's been training with the first team again. He just hasn't re- featured in preseason in a preseason friendly. Then you got Tiago Almada. So obviously, um, you know the big signing of the transfer window or the off season. Um, he is currently in Argentina working on his visa, and that's kind of worrying. I saw a quote from Mike Conti yesterday, and let me pull it up real quick just to make sure I'm quoting this correctly. On the Dukes and Bell show on 92.9 The Game, President Darren Eel said, we're just crossing our fingers hoping that we can get it done as soon as we can. Um, and that's in regards to the visa situation. So obviously, you, you know, you want Tiago Almada to be available for that first game, but it doesn't look like it will be happening. Um, then you got Alan Franco. He, like we said, he won't be available for this first game against SKC, but I don't think he is dealing with any injury-related uh, issues right now. Then you've got Machop Chol. Uh, I, you know, I don't think he's going to be playing a huge role this season, but, you, you know, you want everyone healthy if possible. Um, he picked up an injury in a friendly in Mexico. He came in as a sub, and then he had to be subbed out in that same half. Then Jackson Conway, um, I think he picked up a small injury before the Birmingham friendly. Not really sure about that one, to be honest, but Doug, I think Doug Roberson said that he's also, yeah, Doug said he's also in training, so um, that's kind of the status of those guys right now. Is there anyone else that we missed? I think that covers it for players to be concerned about playing or not uh, this weekend. Um, but we can move on to some new players and some player movement. Um, yesterday, uh, Atlanta United announced the officially finally announced the acquisition of wait for it Dom Dwyer. <laughs> um, yeah, so two year deal as a free agent um, with another two option years that Atlanta United could pick him up on. Um, yeah, Kyle, what do you think Dom Dwyer in the red and black? Well, if he's if he's better than Kubo Torres, then I won't complain <laughs> too much. If he's worse than Kubo Torres, then that's a problem. But I've seen some people on Twitter like kind of reacting negatively to this, which I can understand just because mm-hmm. you know Dom Dwyer isn't the best striker in MLS that you probably could have gotten. 
I mean, as a backup, I guess he's not terrible, but he just isn't what he used to be. Yeah, I'm actually I'm trying to pull up his stats right now. Yeah, I had it pulled up. Um, to me, he hit his peak back 2015-16. Um, got called up. He was in the Gold Cup uh, roster, scored there. Um, but 2014, he hit 23 goals. Um, and just since then, the years after, still solid, hitting double digits, 12 and 16 goal seasons in 2015-2016 for Sporting Kansas City. And then uh, traded to Orlando for, at the time, a record amount of allocation money. Um, which was a pretty big deal for them, uh, scoring 13 goals for Orlando in 2018. But then after that, just seven goals in 2019, respectable. But after that, just falling off um, and then ending up last year in Toronto, not even getting 500 minutes of league play, um, no goals there, one assist. You're bringing in ex- someone with experience. He's been around the block, Um but as an option under Joseph, I don't know if he is my favorite of the current roster. Yeah, and from you know a homegrown slash academy perspective, you know you got to think how does this impact Jackson Conway's minutes? And you know I don't, I don't necessarily think that Jackson Conway is ready to be the backup to Joseph Martinez. I mean, I, I still think that he has a lot of, you know, room to grow, but. Um, and, you know, Jackson Conway himself said that he just wants to play even if it's with Atlanta United 2 with the USL team. So, you know, I mean, you, you got to fill that roster spot, obviously, but, you know, Jackson – or not Jackson Conway. Dom Dwyer hasn't scored a goal since 2019, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, hopefully, you know, obviously we'll be backing him. Hopefully he can, you know, contribute to Atlanta United this season. But, um. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's all yeah I gotta you say. don't want to you want to completely tear him down before he even yeah. features. And like he had a one opportunity. Um, I think Wiley almost set him up on a goal in the Birmingham friendly uh, that he slid in after, but couldn't quite reach. So if he does turn out as a solid backup op- option for Joseph, um, you know, knock on wood, Joseph will doesn't get injured um, at all this year. But um, yeah, backup behind Joseph was a big issue for Atlanta United last year. And if this is the solution, then by all means. But um, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. One more thing on Dom Dwyer, just a personal gripe of mine. <laughs> why is he wearing the number four? Like, why is Atlanta <laughs> so weird with their numbers? Like, Mateus Hosetu, he wears the number nine, nine and he's a midfielder. Good. Like, it, I don't know. That's just a personal gripe of mine. But hopefully in the future, Atlanta can get their numbers sorted out. <laughs> Um, yeah, so another piece of news that came out yesterday, Eric Lopez, his loan finally went through yesterday um, on Tuesday. We're recording this on Wednesday, February 23rd. Um, so he is going on loan to Club Atletico Banfield in the Argentine Premier Division. Until June, though, it's not a, it's not a whole year loan. It's just until June. There's an, a, there's an option to extend the loan through the end of the calendar year, so... I guess there's a possibility that he won't be coming back, but right now he's scheduled to come back at the end of June. Um, anything you want to say on this one? Um, yeah, I guess let him get playing time there if he is a starter. Um, and Lopez, if he does do well, uh, he can come back and then serve as more of a backup than Dwyer. Um, and then he can also play on the wings as well. So he's a good versatile option up top. 
Um, but yeah, get that experience um, in Argentina and hopefully he can come back uh, better than when he left. Not to say he was bad or anything. Yeah. We know we know Joe Patrick's going to be hoping that he does well <laughs> over there. Oh, Joe yeah. Patrick was he was hyping him up before um, before last season, so hopefully Joe gets a. Uh, and to be fair, he did have that one pretty sick goal where he kind of like flicked it like a that's true. Yeah, flick. Yeah, but we'll all be rooting for him. And then last bit of uh, transfer news: not of a player, but of an international spot. Uh, Atlanta United traded an international spot uh, for two hundred thousand dollars in allocation money. Um, to enter Miami, um, we have a lot of pl- like. There's a lot of players like we mentioned earlier, uh, working on green cards, which would uh, not require them to take up an international slot if they um, receive those. So, as uh, Teodoro Football says, do not worry about the international <laughs> spots. Um, the two hundred thousand allocation money. Um, I'm sure there's plans in place. Uh, I don't believe that the current designated player situation allows for any of our current designated players to be bought down. Um, but there's always room to work with the Garber Bucks and um, trust in Darren Eels. I'm sure he has a plan in mind. Moving on to the Sporting Kansas City preview. Um, as we said earlier, we weren't able to get a guest on to do an interview with. So, And obviously, you know, we're not the most attuned to SKC happenings, but we're going to try our best. Um, we'll start from the Atlanta side, just in terms of formation and predicted starting 11. I have my predicted starting 11 written down. Um, do you want me to just go through it and then you can just yeah, let me know if you have anything else yeah. that maybe you disagree with or you yeah, have someone player else there? player by player, I'll like okay. give my feedback. So, obviously, Brad Guzan and goal. Right. Um, left to right across the back line, Andrew Gutman, George Campbell, Miles Robinson, Ronald Hernandez. Agreement there, okay? Agreement. Um, in the midfield, Ozzy Alonso, Mateus Rosetu. Mm-hmm. And the, my third midfielder, it kind of dep- it just depends on what happens with Ibarra's, um, his green card situation, if he's able to come back in time for this game, if Pineda you know, thinks he's able to start this match after being away from the team for a little bit. I'm not really sure, like, how long away or how long he's been away from the team or, you know, the schedule and all that. So I have a bar slash Sadich because just right. based on the fact that Sadich started that last Yeah, I friendly. think the Birmingham game will be some indicator as to how Atlanta United comes out against Sporting Kansas City, um, particularly with Sadich and um, Alonzo, mm-hmm. with uh, Rosetto playing a, a bit of a higher-up role, like sort of as an attacking midfielder. Mm-hmm. And then... I got Tyler Wolf on the left, Joseph up top, and then Luis Araujo on the right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of uh, Tyler Wolf. I really liked his preseason performances, and um, I'm excited to see uh, really all these homegrowns, how they can really come into the team this year. Because um, that's a big part of the Atlanta United philosophy that they've been harping on for a while is the homegrowns. Mm-hmm. And um, we're really s- still starting to see that build up, um, especially with Bello breaking in and getting his transfer overseas. So, um, yeah, excited to see Wolf. I'm in agreement with that. And then if Lennon is available, um, I doubt he starts, but he could he could feature uh, this weekend for sure in place of um, Ronald Hernandez. Yeah, I just think it depends on, you know, how far along in the recovery process he is, obviously. Yeah, don't um, want to rush it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a long season. Um, anything else on the Atlanta side? Seems to be pretty set, um, and we shall see about the um, 
green card situations and how quickly those players can return to the roster. Okay, so moving on to the Sporting Kansas City side of things. So last year they finished third in the West with a 17-7-10 record. They lost in the Western Conference semis to Real Salt Lake, who had that magical, magical run oh, in yeah. the uh, in the playoffs. It was great. Um, they're missing their probably their biggest star, one of their biggest stars, in Alan Polito. He's out for the season. He joined them in 2020. Uh, he has 14 goals and eight assists in 33 games. So he's a he's a big contributor for them. Um, anything you want to say about Alan Polito's absence? Yeah, it's really unfortunate because he really is a playmaker for them. Um, having surgery on his left knee and SKC are expecting him to be out 9 to 12 months um, according to their release so yeah not looking likely that he'll be coming back so they've been uh, sort of trying to figure out ways to replace him they'll have uh, Kiri Shelton up top um, not a world beater of a striker but um, he'll be serviceable and um in addition to that, losing Busio to Venezia late last year um, really, I think, put a damper on their season. Um, they weren't able to progress as far as they probably would have had he been there. Um, and so now combining all those factors, I think Johnny Russell will be really the make-or-break player for SKC, specifically in this game. Johnny Russell did really, really well last year for SKC, really being the pl- key playmaker for them and um and SKC have also added in a forward on loan from Serbia um a Montenegro national team striker whose name I'm about to butcher Nikola Vujnovic Vujnovic yes um so he'll be an option at forward um but will the combined Kiri Shelton and Nikola Vujnovic um, make up for Alan Polito? I don't think so. Um, so it's really up to Johnny Russell, I think, to set the tone for this team against Atlanta United. Yeah, I have no insight. <laughs> I have no insight for this guy. Another face for SKC uh, this weekend is Graham Zusi still there at right back, um, like a walking corpse at this point, 35 years old, which, I mean isn't like old but like man he's been there a minute um they signed him back on a one-year uh deal as a free agent um to keep keep him on the roster for the next year so Graham Zussi coming into the national he's been on the national team he's been in MLS for years and years um has he slowed down yeah (laughs) um but I think that it'll be cool to still see him featuring out there as really a legend of the league I think um, and I believe they have another signing at left back that you want to touch on yeah so Logan and Denbe I believe is how you pronounce it um, he's a U22 initiative player signed from league two I know that's not how you say it I don't know how to say two in French, French but yeah um, league two in France He's a U21 international for Belgium, so that's kind of why he stuck out to me, even though I've never heard of him before. So it <laughs> um, should be interesting for them. But obviously, you know, they think he could be something for this team, um, you know, signing on that U22 initiative deal. And MLS has him, 
you know, slated to start at left back for this team. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do. Um, I think I'm going to go with him for my MLS fantasy team mm-hmm. just to start off, just to, you know, hopefully he can put in a good performance for them. Not yeah, too good of a performance. fullbacks, they rack up those points. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, I've never seen him play before. Don't have much insight on him, but just the fact that he's that U22 initiative player, U uh, U21 in Belgian international, I'm going to keep an eye on him this season for sure. Um, and, yeah, just final point on Sporting Kansas City. Atlanta hasn't played them since May 5th of 2019, and you had an interesting right. uh, yeah, tidbit. It's, it's been a minute. It has been a minute since we've seen Sporting Kansas City. Um, yeah, that last game coming May 5th, 2019, a 3-0 victory for Atlanta in Kansas City. Um, real interesting point. Looking at Just looking at the lineup, like Michael Parkhurst started at left back. Yeah, it's... Like I said, it's been a minute. This lineup's got P.D. Martinez, Julian Gressel, Eric Rometty, Darlington Nagby. Like, my God. My <laughs> a real God. Real trip from the past here. Uh, Frank DeBoer managing Atlanta to a 3-0 win in Kansas City the last time these two sides met. Um, so it'll be an interesting update uh, this weekend to see how the two sides fare against one another at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Anything else on the preview? I think that's about as much as I can give on Sporting Kansas City. Okay, we'll, same we'll, here, we'll same see, here. We'll see what happens. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, one thing that we want to do on the show is like a shout-out of the week type of thing. So, you know, whether that be from games, like, you know, a moment in a game, a quote in, you know, in a press conference, um, something on Twitter, anything like that, really. Um, and, Jackson, you you put an interesting one here because <laughs> I was I also thought this was pretty funny as it was happening. You can you can delve into this. So, special shout-out of the week. This episode is brought to you by the Protective Stadium Shadows. The Shadow the, Realm. The Shadow Realm. This wa- Just watching the broadcast as I was doing the live tweeting on Dirty South Soccer for the match, um, the first half, the shadows from the stadium uh, took up, like, the front like third of the pitch and like whenever an Atlanta United player really anything entered the shadow it would just vanish and you you just see them come out the other side someone would have the ball uh maybe there'd be a foul and like you just see nothing um but yeah the shadows just continued to grow and grow and take up the entire pitch and then at that point they were able to adjust the contrast of the uh of the feed to where you could see what was actually happening on the field. But um, that was probably one of the more humorous parts of the game. And then not to be disrespectful to, you know, Birmingham and all, cause like Mercedes Benz shadows when the roofs open on it for an afternoon game, not the best. Yeah. Some, it's I not re- fun. <laughs> I remember seeing clips like, um, what was it last year? There was a goal scored on that end. And like, it was like only the goal or like the 18 yard box was in the sun. So like, you could not see the goal until they like adjusted the contrast right when the player crossed into the sun and yeah shadows shadows are fun i i i love the roof being open but like depends like, on the time of yeah, day i think yeah, it depends really depends really depends yeah and actually there was a i can't remember the who atlanta was playing in this game last year but there was a game last season when the roof was open and it was raining <laughs> and i was like this is like how does this even happen? But apparently, if it's if the roof is open when the game starts, you you can't close it until halftime. Uh. So they had to play that entire half with 
you know, the <laughs> rain coming into the stadium. With that was a just retractable a, roof. Yeah, that was just a quick aside. But, um, yeah, so that's our shout-out of the week. And, obviously, as the season goes on, more things are happening. We're around the team, uh, you know, actually seeing them playing competitive games. Hopefully, we'll be able to bring some, you know, some culture to the show, some culture, right, right. For, some Atlanta United culture to the show and share that with you guys. Um, so, yeah, that's I think that's about it from us for this week's episode. Um, so... Anything else you want to touch on before we head out of here? I think we can get out. I think our time is our reservation time in the studio might be about to hit its limit. Yeah, so. we might be five minutes over, but it's okay. I don't think I don't think most people even know about the studio, so that's good for us. So if you guys want to follow our Twitters, mine is at Kyle D Soto K Y L E D S O T O. The show's Twitter is at underscore United Talk, and then Jackson, if you want to plug yours, and yeah, you can. Follow me on Twitter at Jackson underscore Popkin. And then you can also find me doing the live tweeting uh, on game days. So, yeah, tune in this weekend. Yes, sir. We'll both be in the press box for the first time, so that'll be fun. Um, yeah. And, oh, yeah. We probably should have mentioned before that we're recording. Well, we did mention this before, but we're recording this on a Wednesday, February 23rd. Um, the game's on Sunday, so obviously there's a lot of time for a lot of what we said to kind of maybe be outdated a little bit. You know, maybe some players will come back from injury, um, will be back from their visa and green card issues. So, yeah, maybe in the future we'll be recording these episodes on a later date. Um, we'll have to see. But, you know, just going along, just trying to figure out this whole podcasting thing. So, um, yeah, that's all I got. So. That's all I got, too. Yeah, appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, looking forward to this weekend, and we'll see what happens this year. So, Vamos Atlanta. Should be a good season. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.